0: That's pretty close. I guess I'll take it down a little. I'll take it down to 69%. um, Because that is still funny and uh, has not gotten old the more that
1: people do it. (laughs) It'll get old when 69 gets old.
0: Which is when people turn 69. They're not allowed (laughs) to do it anymore. You're too old. You'll break a hip. Well, Cameron, there's a lot that's happened this week, and I just feel so overwhelmed right now. Um, we lost her. We lost the Queen. The voice oh my God, of a generation.
1: That did this week.
0: <laughs> the soul of a nation. The head of an organized gang of criminals and mobsters that have put on crowns and pretended that they were fancy. (laughs) It just means so much to the... the (laughs) Post-personal
1: friend of Vin Diesel.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, It's the internet's only outrage machine. The only place that has hot takes and is willing to make fun of the queen. It's think outside the box set. (laughs) I'm Uh, queen making funner of Maddie Hunt.
1: And uh, I am genderless despot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At least the despotry is uh, inclusive.
1: When I take over, I'm going to kill gender. Yes, even yours. Yay! (laughs) No more. (laughs) I'm going to do the the clapping
0: meme. More genderless tyrants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Representation matters.
0: It really does. (laughs) Yeah, man, she was such a feminist girl boss too. That queen, oh my god! Hashtag goals. <laughs> By <definition>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it that 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 has nothing to do with the thing we're actually talking about, which literally
1: is literally slay girl boss.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally die girl. Boss. Um, <laughs> how many millions of people do you think she's more or less directly responsible for the deaths of? Do you think?
1: I don't know. Oh my God! Yeah, she was the head of um, the
0: most evil empire in the last what millennium? <laughs> I mean, it no. wasn't—it wasn't quite as bad as it was, you know, 150 this is years, years ago.
1: Erasure. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> Cameron.
0: Come on, the British Empire has killed more people than America has. I think
1: Interesting. they killed 29
0: yeah. people in India alone at the end of the 29 19- people. Tw- sorry, 29 million. <laughs> Okay. Imagine each person, and the, but there's a million of each of them, and there are 29 of them. Um, I guess I was
1: I was getting a little uppity. I I just wanted to be a part of something big. That's the trouble with you. Place. That's
0: the trouble with you Americans. You just think you can like take on the world and become the big <laughs> the big man on campus. And you know, there's been empires around committing atrocities and genocides and engineering famines since. Since we were still in country diapers or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nation diapers. Um, uh,
1: can I can I share a lovely little um, anecdote that I hope gets played at my uh, second son's uh, wedding someday? Please, or yeah. whatever they've replaced weddings with. <laughs> 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 Hopefully, by the time. Uh, by the time they're uh, they're grown, it'll be a it'll make. be a
0: legalized the legalized institution of polycule satanic orgies. I think <laughs> that slippery slope. The conservatives yeah. warned us about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Webster's dictionary defines.
0: <laughs> you said that last week.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna end every week. Uh, <laughs> but um, the, so they're uh, two and a half and uh, um. I've been trying to introduce Ellis to the toilet, mm. and meet Mr. Toilet, Ellis. Yeah,
0: <laughs> now shaking. He can't. wants to eat your poop. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real freak.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's been yeah a little bit of a source of anxiety. Um, you know that stuff starts early, mm-hmm. um, but somewhere he has this like little little potty mm-hmm. that's next to the big potty, mm-hmm. and just like three days ago uh we found him um (laughs) with his pants down and his diaper down sitting on the potty like in the hallway and he's been doing it a little bit every day and Uh he hasn't actually like successfully like made it happen but he's going through the motions Mm -hmm. um But the problem is, like, he's really good at taking off his diaper now, and he wants to. Um, (laughs) And he can't actually, like, make it work. And, uh, like, he also, like, wants to put the little potty, like, on the couch and, like, kind of, like, carry it around, so...
0: It's a comfort uh, potty.
1: Yeah, it's like, wow, I'm just really impressed with, like, how proactive you're being, but also, like, in a way, I kind of prefer the way that my older kid (laughs) did this, where, like... We couldn't really do it until, like, we could speak in full sentences with each other. Uh-huh. And I had to, like, bribe him with, like, ice cream and, uh-huh. <laughs> like, movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, clarification question. This is very important. Is there is there just a hole at the bottom of it, like, old-style train toilets that just open onto the tracks? Or is it, like, a compartment situation?
1: There is a compartment, but it okay. is a removable compartment. And he constantly uh... moves it around. Oh, so. Okay yeah
0: so who knows in what configuration it would end up yeah. if it were on the couch
1: yeah okay it smells like toddler spirit <laughs> is what i'm trying to say <laughs> we're talking about uh nirvana
0: and eh, never mind nirvana we're
1: talking about k cobain yeah yeah um, and uh <laughs> this is this is the album that i've heard the most songs from i think
0: I think you're not alone in that, Cameron.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here.
1: <laughs> I know a lot of these. Oh, I yeah. I think the first song that I ever like looked up tabs for on the internet. Ooh. I don't know if people still do this. Uh, but Great question. Like UltimateGuitar.com and all these places were like really common back in the day. And there were just mm-hmm. these unreadable, inaccurate tabs. Yep, and I looked up tabs for "Come as You Are" on bass because I got a bass mm-hmm. in uh, eighth grade, I think, and I looked up "Come as You Are," and uh, it's one of the first songs I learned on bass. That's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think I I did the same. Probably. I mean, I I know I learned it on bass at some point. Um,
1: it's a fucking great bass line.
0: It's very good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's up high. It like utilizes the like tone of like playing up high on the bass like it's mm-hmm. in seventh fret position uh the tone of it is so great and it's repetitive but it it's got like it's just enough challenging you know for a first song it was great there's a lot of me singing in uh our suburban hillsborough home no i don't have a gun
0: <laughs> and you were not lying about that as far as i know no
1: yeah, yeah unlike someone we know, okay? unlike someone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know I don't know how to like even really start with this album because it's one of the most famous albums of, of all time. It's like the one that defined Gen X. It was still huge when we were growing up. I have heard this album a lot, all of the songs of it quite a bit. I was I listened a lot when I was or at least I went through a phase where I listened to it a lot when I was like a teenager and um confused and just really angry about everything all the time for some mysterious reason that i wouldn't find out for another you know 18 19 years
1: okay (laughs) but i mean a lot of people are confused and angry as as teenagers for a lot of reasons that's true yeah Um, yeah
0: and they're all eggs and they're all gonna come out as trans (laughs) sometime
1: every single one of them i will i will say i think gender dysphoria is like an almost universal experience for like teenagers regardless oh, yeah, totally. of whether they are cis or trans or in, or in between uh everyone is experiencing gender dysphoria because they are brought being brought into patriarchal gender expectations mm-hmm. totally which are, will give you a, a spot of the dys- of the dysphoria one way or the other yeah
0: let me turn around my chair and tell you that patriarchal gender norms are whack
1: don't let's do it. rap just say no
0: just say no to patriarchy <laughs>
1: dare <laughs> we could to make be so trans. much
0: money by selling bumper stickers that said that okay 1991 so you listened to
1: this a lot yeah. as, as a teen That's i definitely great. went through like I, a phase of that where i did at least i didn't actually have this album i just played the tabs of come as you are and <laughs> listened to it on youtube and i would have to wait for it to load <laughs>
0: Oh my God. So that's pretty late in the game. Because YouTube didn't yeah. come out until like 2005, 2006 ish, somewhere around there.
1: Oh, maybe I was like using some other site.
0: Because I don't know. Like Napster or yeah. realplayer.com <laughs> or whatever. Maybe it was it's MySpace. I to imagine
1: the time. Maybe it was MySpace. <laughs> maybe it was the Nirvana MySpace.
0: <laughs> I bet they had a MySpace
1: created oh my by the record label.
0: Anyhow, um, 1991. Uh, there's a lot of like interesting things on the Wikipedia page for this album, including the fact that their their previous one was with Sub Pop Records out of Seattle, and it's a sub- great
1: re- uh, k- record label. Yeah,
0: thing. it's it's sub-pop, yeah, yeah great. That's it, it great. Is, especially for an indie record label. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there was a Sub Pop was in a little bit of trouble, and there was a rumor going around that they were gonna have to um, sign to a major label, or like get Ooh. bought by a major label that uh, Sub Pop was. And so Nirvana was like, well, let's just cut out the middleman and like, how about we sign to a major label?
2: <laughs> it's gonna
0: be like the same outcome either way. Um, yeah, so they uh, they signed with Geffen um, because Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth recommended that record label i guess i guess they like knew each other or something um, and they i don't know to what extent they like consciously chose to try to do a more poppy record um, but they it's so
1: much more accessible than the last it's one. so much more
0: accessible yeah um and th- here's so the standard story i would i would I had always heard about Nevermind was that It was like nirvana and they were really nervous about like being sellouts and they hated that butch vig was brought in to like do the production and they hated that he made it like he sanded off all the hard edges and made it like so radio friendly meh um and that's not quite what i mean it seems more complicated than that because they were the ones even before they signed with geffen the major label they brought in butch vig as the producer
1: um so they like they like brought brought them in, but then we're like, oh, we're selling it oh, they're gonna ruin everything, but also we want to be superstars.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and there's a very interesting like exchange that um let's see um oh they had in fact they had to fight with the record label to um keep on butch fig huh um because. Yeah, the the record label wanted someone else to do it. Um, And then there's this really funny, like, paragraph on Wikipedia. After the release of Nevermind, members of Nirvana expressed dissatisfaction with the production for its perceived commercial sound. Cobain said, (sighs) quote, I'm embarrassed by it now. It's closer to a Motley Crue record than it is to a punk rock record. (sighs) End quote. In 2011, Vig said that Nirvana had loved Nevermind when they finished it. He said Cobain had criticized it in the press, quote, because you can't really go, hey, I love our record and I'm glad it sold 10 million copies. That's just not cool to do. And I think he felt like he wanted to do something more primal, <laughs> which I think is like such a um, like generous and understanding.
1: That's like, really take. lovely. of Yeah, of, it's <laughs> really <to> sweet. Say. <laughs> yeah yeah Um, it's still just really annoying to my sensibilities Uh, you know it's like I don't know like I play old time music which has all of these like you know uh, levels of kind of authenticity coding and um, Mm -hmm. uh, all of this pretension around it and uh, it's really complicated but like and I'm not like immune to all that stuff but my band accidentally got to like record with like a Grammy winning, uh,
2: uh,
1: engineer in Mm -hmm. Nashville, uh, at this like historic studio for cheap, basically because the guy like needs some like, uh, life giving, um, uh, projects to work on that aren't like, that don't involve him talking to Ricky Skaggs about (laughs) QAnon. And so like, we got this good deal on it and yeah. And because of that, our record sounds fucking incredible. Um, I mean, I think we did a good job playing, but like we got to like play in like a really high end studio with like Mm. crazy vintage microphones and stuff. And it's like, yeah, why not just be why not be grateful (laughs) and just like why have why not have a moment of like earnestness just like wow i'm so grateful to like have access to some resources so that like we can like make our i don't know maybe it's just like my the sensibilities it's like it's hard for me to like hear this like this level of pretense you know Mm -hmm. and uh I mean,
0: I the just, 90s are a
1: different planet, Cameron. It's
0: a different planet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that whole, like, I, I
1: don't it's, know. It's I so was funny. very earnest in the 90s because I was single digits.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. It's just, it's, it's so, and everyone
1: else's excuses. So. <laughs> it's
0: so funny to me that, like, I feel like the generational struggle that defined Gen X in the 90s was like the kind of like, Uh, noise of um (laughs) being confronted with a capitalist system that was uh beginning to show major signs of decay and the breakdown of the truce between labor and management that had existed since the new deal um reagan came in and fucked everything up and their response to that was like I'm going to wear flannel and I'm going to be cooler and more authentic than everyone else. And corporations suck. But I'm also (sighs) going to um, buy everything from corporations. And
1: to be fair, they walked so we could run. Yeah. Or they like mopily like dragged their feet. (laughs) They slouched. (laughs) So that we could, like, clamber across the hellscape (laughs) (laughs) that we live in now.
0: Exactly. Um, I think there's a lot of tension in Kay Cobain. Uh, Quick side note for people who haven't heard the first episode, we're um, considering Cobain as a potentially gender, non-conforming, uncomfortable gender, potentially trans person. And so out of respect, we are referring to them with they, them pronouns and calling them K Cobain rather than making any kind of judgments. We w- don't whenever, wanna go- Hmm?
1: Whenever I talk to someone who's like, ah, I just like, it's hard for me the they, them pronouns thing because, you know, that means multiple people. And it's like, well, you know that you use they then pronounce for hypothetical people Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and they're like oh yeah i hadn't thought of that and it's like just think of me as a hypothetical person (laughs) and that's what we're doing for our dear k cobain
0: (laughs) yeah we don't want to go out on a limb and say something completely unfounded and like make some wild claim like k cobain was a cisgender person like that (laughs) that would be like i don't know if i could back that up honestly like i don't know how much evidence i could gather for that kind of thing. Um, also, uh, this is, you know, side note to a side note, you is grammatically plural also. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, they has been used si- as a singular longer than you has.
1: Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, so it's
0: very precedented. Anyhow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So K. Cobain, um, the tension between like, they- they've always had this instinct for like pop songwriting Um, and uh, let's see the song Sliver which was released in 1990 on Sub Pop which will be included in Incesticide which we'll probably talk about next week Um, that is a lot poppier than a lot of the stuff on Bleach their first album and Cobain said it was like or it, it was quote like a statement in a way I had to write a pop song and release it on a single to prepare people for the next record I wanted to write more songs like that um, and then uh, on Wikipedia it says Cobain fashioned chord sequences using pr- primarily power chords and wrote songs that combined pop hooks with dissonant guitar riffs their aim for Nevermind's material was to sound like quote the Knack and the Bay City Rollers getting molested by Black Flag and Black Sabbath end quote <laughs> yeah and
1: oh my god yeah don't I mean, threaten me with a good time <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, as long as it's consensual. I mean, yeah. Um, and then oh God. on this record, they really embraced the loud, quiet, loud dynamic, which Cobain was like very open about cribbing from the Pixies. Um, let's see. At, at one point, uh, they had they have a quote about like they heard the Pixies in like the early '90s or late '80s, and they're like, "Well, goddamn, I just want to be in a Pixies cover band now." Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I heard the Pixies for the first time, I connected with that band so heavily that I should have been in that band, or at least a Pixies cover band.
1: I should have. I should have been that band. I should (laughs) should have have been been
0: the Pixie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, So, anything else about this album before we get into the actual songs? It's pretty well received. It nobody thought it was going to be a big hit nobody thought it was going to become a massive thing um it became like a real cultural force everyone talked about it as sort of like the british invasion it completely upended the music industry and the way it operated and the trends and whatnot um lots of people credit it with killing off hair metal and like that shit Hmm?
1: i I will say that like in terms of the production and whether or not they like you know, sold out or not, you know. Um, this album sounds incredible. It sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Uh just on a on a production level. Totally. Um, yeah. It was a, a thoroughly uh exciting and pleasant and pleasurable experience to listen to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I totally. Loved it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Just on a sonic level like on uh the way they recorded it level it Mm was so lovely to hear
0: yeah i wonder how much of that because i don't know about you but when i pulled it up on spotify the only version i was able to get was either the deluxe version or the remastered version and i think i I, listened to the remastered
1: remastered version yeah to be fair yeah yeah so So whatever they did with that sounded great (laughs) yeah
0: um I mean, on on Wikipedia, I mean, there's, like, so much that we could get into, I'm sure. Like, I'm I'm sure the entire books have been written about, like, this album on its own. But apparently, like, they brought in a different um, mixer. Um, Yeah, so they didn't really like the way Butch Vig was, like, mixing things. And they brought in Andy Wallace, who had co-produced Slayer's Seasons in the Abyss okay um and so he changed up the mixes a little bit versus like what vic had been doing and yeah so there's like a little bit of like swerving between radio friendly and like let's sound like slayer you know yeah okay um yeah is it songs time
1: it's songs time all right let's get into it
0: let's smell like bean spritz So it's still kind of thrilling to hear this song today. It must have been earth-shattering to hear such a heavy um distorted like the sound of a chainsaw getting started up and hear it as pop music because it there's something about like the way it's produced that takes something that is so harsh and abrasive and just like Really um, makes it just sound like it belongs on the radio,
1: you know? Yeah. It's pretty it's, incredible. Um, yeah, it's a real tightrope rope act, you know? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Um, well, there was some sort of quote about this song where they're talking I'm about sure there the, was. The, the, <laughs> the chord progression where someone said, like, this chord progression is stupid mm-hmm. uh, when he first presented the song to mm-hmm. his bandmates it comprised just the main riff and the chorus vocal melody which bassist christ christ no- mm-hmm. no- Novosilek. No- Novosilek. Novosilek? Guess, what do I you
0: guess think I i think I'm not sure
1: first time i said it out loud Me too. Uh, which bassist christ Novosilek dismissed at the time as ridiculous mhm in response, Cobain made the band play the rift, the rift, oh my God, uh, the riff for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I talk about on a music theory level, what is going on here. Um, so for people who have played this on guitar, it is a really pleasant riff to play on guitar because mm-hmm. it's very geometric. You go- It's very easy. Pow- yeah, you- you play a power chord on first fret. It's in the key of F, which is a lovely key that we don't don't necessarily doesn't necessarily get a lot of representation mm-hmm. um, in uh, rock music, as far as I know. So you start with a power chord on the first fret, lowest string, and then you take that same shape, you move it up to the second string, uh, mm-hmm. and you. You play it there, or the fifth string, depending on how you count strings on guitar, on the A string. Mm -hmm. And then you take that same pattern and you do it again on the fourth fret. And what you get is an F major chord. Well, an implied F major chord. Um, Mm, I don't think it actually, it's a power chord, so there's no actual third. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it's definitely not like a minor chord. Um, like guitar wise like mm-hmm. uh, you go F chord to a B flat mm-hmm. all normal so far right, right. Mm-hmm. F and B flat then you go to A flat kind of a wild chord to go to in uh-huh. a song that's in the key of F and then you go to a D flat Uh, so it is kind of it's not ambiguous like where the song wants to return to it's very clearly has a tonal center of F, mm-hmm. but it stays in this chord progression almost the entire time, except for when it goes da 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 da, which is mm-hmm. extremely intense, like tense. Yeah, um, to play a, a G flat power <laughs> chord there. Um, but it's really bizarre to have at the end of your progression a D flat chord because the um, half step resolution. Is I usually that's like how harmonic tension is set up through half step resolution, but the half step resolution is happening um, from a D flat going back down to a C. So I can play that on a, on the piano real quick. Hopefully I won't wake up my son on the other side of the wall. Here mm-hmm. we go. Okay. Yeah. I can't hear you because I don't have. Uh, I lost my Bluetooth headphones.
0: Oh, cool. So, uh, that uh, means I can start, say yeah. whatever I G-N-F. want. I want to say Cameron's cool.
1: That's the riff we all know and love. Uh Um, So like this D flat chord, the half step resolution there is from D flat to C. Um, So that's like a really uncommon, usually the half step resolution that we want to hear is like that or like that. Uh But to have... There's something really, really odd about that. And it's actually the same kind of progression that's at the end of this album. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but it goes, something in the way. uh." It's that same um, one chord to the flat six. Mm -hmm. So there is half step resolution and tension there. But it is not dominant function, what we expect to hear. I think that (coughs) is uh, what makes this song and the last song on this album really compelling. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and just to be clear. And loud, quiet, loud. Right, yeah. And just to be clear, um, the reason there's a half-step resolution there is because it is resolving to the fifth of the F power chord yes um, just to be the D very flat clear. is
1: resolving to the c which mm-hmm. is the fifth of the power chord yeah. yeah
0: um
1: thank you for clarifying yeah uh sometimes when i'm talking about music theory it's a little bit hard to know like it's like yeah do you hear it it's a half-step resolution <laughs> it's like to be clear <laughs> these are the notes yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: um Kay Cobain claims to not have known that Teen Spirit was a brand of Deodorant.
1: Interesting. There's that a, is the main sort of apocrypha around this song.
0: Yeah, and it's appears to be not apocryphal. Okay. Um Word on the street is that a lot of the songs in this album are, if not inspired by the they sort of like have to do with uh Kay Cobain's relationship with I believe it's Toby Vale from um Bikini Kill?
1: We gotta talk about Bikini Kill. We do
0: um, have to talk about Bikini Kill. Um, uh, yeah, Toby Vale. And another member of Bikini Kill, Kathleen Hanna, um, there's an article about her on, I guess, ABC, Double J, whatever the fuck that is. Um, she talks about um, how, let's see, they're hanging out and getting drunk. Um. And she went to the grocery store with Toby Vale and they found a deodorant called Teen Spirit. And they're like, ew, look at this. It's so crazy. It's called Teen Spirit. <laughs> um, and then they're la- la- laughing and joking around and being like, your arm smells like Teen, sp- teen Spirit. I mean, who names a de- deodorant Teen Spirit? What does Teen Spirit smell like? Like a locker room? Like pot mixed with sweat? Like the smell when you throw up in your hair at a party? Um <laughs> And then they all were hanging out with, uh, she says, Kurt and Dave. I wonder if, it's got to be Dave Grawl, I would imagine. Um, we got we got pretty drunk and did this thing where we turned off all the lights and smashed everything in Kurt's room. And oh my then God. I started drawing on the wall in Sharpie markers. I wrote, Kurt smells like teen spirit because it was in my head from earlier in the grocery
1: store. Uh, I As much as, these people all sound insufferable to me. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I would when not I think about really like myself out, as like
1: a young adult like late teen, I was just like so much better behaved. <laughs> like the kind of mischief I was getting into was not this. You're a like this sex. perfect little cherub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I maybe this is hot take. I think it's bad behavior to get to get drunk and wreck someone's room. <laughs>
0: I mean it sounds like they were involved and were there and I guess consented, so
1: okay. I mean Well for I don't want to yuck worth. anyone's yums. Yeah.
0: I mean don't kink shame here. <laughs> <laughs> um and Cobain claims that they were unaware of the deodorant until months after the single was released and had interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan. Um I mm. think I don't know how much I believe that. Um, I don't know if that's just like posturing or disavowal. Um, Because if you click on the uh, link to the Wikipedia article for Teen Spirit, it's about as fucking girly as it gets. Like, it has a pink cap and it has this like flowery label on it. Mm. Um, And it was first released in early 1991. And there's a quote saying that it had soon established a market niche with teen girls. So oh, that's wow, at this. interesting. And yeah, I, I'm i very curious if Cobain was really unaware of what it meant or if they're being sly or if there's something subconscious going on or what. I'm, I don't know.
1: Um who knows yeah it's interesting Um, something a theme that seems to recur here is that Kurt seems to really um, dislike a lot of the women that he's involved with (laughs) or at least to treat them with the same amount of sort of disdain and resentment that he seems to treat everyone else Um, Mm -hmm. and I kind of wonder about that like what's going on here is it Misogyny, internalized misogyny. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it uh, resentment of you know, like not feeling like they belong? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's so many different ways to interpret it, but like, I think in the last album there was a song that like Kurt wrote for a girlfriend who was like, "How come you didn't write me a song?" And then like they (laughs) (laughs) they wrote her a song that's like. Pretty intense and kind of rough, uh-huh. I, which to be fair, it's like oh, I don't know what you expected from this person. Like yeah, this right. is actually a lovely gift, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think they do that again in this album at at some point, and it's mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, similarly kind of like uh, alarming. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it makes yeah. me wonder about like the kind of like classic trans by panic of you know it's just like do i want to be with you or do i want to be you and it's like mm-hmm. ooh it's really hard to say <laughs> you know
0: right um, yeah
1: and sometimes that can inspire some like less than admirable admirable behavior
0: yeah and if there's um long repressed and buried feelings sometimes that can manifest as like Trying to live vicariously through other people, or trying to be like controlling of you know women you're around, um, yeah. but also just on a on a very basic level, having mental health issues can make you yeah. really hard to be around too, yeah, uh, of whatever yeah. type. And it seemed like, right, Kay Cobain definitely had um, mental health struggles with whatever like diagnosis that anyone wants to do from their couch.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't, like, exacerbated in any way by this, like, culture of, like, aloof, sort of, like, romanticized ennui. <laughs> yep.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so let's get into the lyrics a little bit. Load up on guns, bring your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard and self-assured. Oh, no, I know a dirty word. And then there's the hello 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 how low um and then the chorus is like with the lights out it's less dangerous here we are now entertain us i feel stupid and contagious here we are now entertain us and then these extremely weird lines a mulatto an albino a mosquito my libido um Uh (laughs) and that last part besides including like a weird right I don't know if it's fair to call it arguably a racial slur or just say it is a racial slur.
1: You mean mulatto? Uh,
0: yeah, not a cool yeah. thing to say. Um, no,
1: no, don't say that. Yeah, don't be <laughs> using that word. If it, you're going to talk about mixed people...
0: Yes, please do not use that word. It derives yeah. from mule, which is the cross between a horse and a donkey. And
1: uh, Oh my God, that never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's fucking awful. It fucking uh,
0: sucks, yeah. <laughs> um i wonder like if there's a part of k cobain that is just um yeah i I don't know like what the songwriting process for the song looks like because it's like are they just like putting together these sort of angsty fragments um or do they think there's some sort of like meaning being constructed here um because there's definitely like lines or phrases that are like pretty evocative um Mm. like out of context or just like on their own like i feel stupid and contagious like that's a pretty fucking dynamite like single line right especially for the the disaffected uh slacker um apathetic 90s youth
1: right yeah um i'm reading a part in the um genius lyrics that says uh, this uh, it's a scan of the original lyrics from um, Cobain's journals mm-hmm. apparently published in 2002. Uh, the original words apparently were the secret handshakes pretend our little group has always been and always will until the end. We cut our hands and made a pact and swore we're never going back. Oh, So apparently that's in the scan. I haven't actually opened it up and (laughs) checked to see if that's true. Because
0: that sounds like verse two, where they sing, I'm worse at what I do best, and for this gift I feel blessed. Our little group has always been and always will until the end. Which, that's... I like that verse. I'm worse at what I do best. I like it (laughs) more than the original.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some people are saying that this song is kind of about Kay kind of confronting their popularity and
0: they weren't popular though yet i, I mean, mean maybe popular like within the the scene or whatever maybe
1: right yeah it's like hard to know it's like you know when eminem is like guess who's back back again it's like we're just now fucking hearing about you <laughs> you know what are you talking about <laughs> yeah right uh, uh but I think they had achieved some sort of popularity and success within their scene and um, they're starting to have to deal with this thing that happens when you get a little bit of a following which is some people start paying attention to you who willfully misunderstand you or you don't particularly want (laughs) their company Um, yeah and uh, I'm
0: glad to to hear in your voice that it is something that has not happened to you and you cannot relate to it at all
1: yeah it's good uh yeah no i highly recommend being a weird old time music celebrity (laughs) like
0: to get people uh stalking and harassing you
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i remember the first time i got like a an anonymous like hate email it's like so, so, what <laughs> like are, are you serious <laughs> little old me yeah I, <laughs> I have a banjo and fiddle music podcast uh, <laughs> and also this is a small community I probably know you personally yeah, this is right? really unsettling
0: <laughs> uh, that sucks yeah
1: yeah it's okay I'm dead yeah. inside now mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah well okay yeah i'm a lot of an albino yeah i don't know what to do with all these lyrics um a denial a denial Mm -hmm. uh i think the lyric i mean as kind of quintessential to like the generation (laughs) the stereotype (laughs) as it is like oh well whatever never mind i think that's I like. I don't know. I like that. That it's little... a
0: strong way to end of like rhetorically. It's a strong way to end yeah. a
1: verse. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very like editorializing like in totally. the song. You yeah, know? especially because like, the line yeah.
0: before it is, "I found it hard. It's hard to find." Oh well, whatever. Never mind. It's almost mm. like. Um, I mean, you could take it a number of different ways. One of which is just like giving up. It's like right. It's it's not only is it hard. It's also hard to find. I'm just fucking giving up, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, do you want to go on to the next song?
1: Um, I wanted to talk about one uh, sound sample that I took. Uh-huh. Um, there's this lovely... In in that verse, there's this little blank rhyme hmm. um, or blank moment in the rhyme scheme. So normally it's A-A-B-B. But in the third verse... Um, it sounds like this.
2: Whatever, never mind.
0: Yeah, those two lines don't rhyme.
1: They don't. And it's really simple, you know, but... Uh, there's a few moments on this album of intentional non-rhyming or long payoffs to rhymes uh, that I think it's just that kind of um, uh, with withholding is uh, <laughs> thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> is it's a it just good, me? <laughs> it's a good technique.
0: Yeah, it's it's underused in pop music, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just being uh, edged, edged with with blank rhyme schemes. There you
0: go. Oh, episode title, <laughs> maybe. Um, all right. Um, next song, then in bloom.
1: It? This is the this is the song about, oh no, we're popular now and we have like yeah. basic dudes who like want to listen to our music. Yeah. This song that's about that.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> it's very interesting that it's so much about the dude fans and their dudeliness and Yes,
1: it's very gender. It's very gendered.
0: And um I mean, let's give a trans reading to literally everything. <laughs> yes. Is <laughs> my project apparently. But um There's this like really interesting tension between self-expression, right? Of like wanting to be an artist and a performer and then not wanting to be perceived or have people feel like they know you and feeling very alienated. And that to me is, there are a lot of trans people, especially like pre-egg crack or whatever, who have similar feelings of like, please don't even perceive me. I don't even want to.
1: <laughs> I don't have preferred pronouns. Do not refer to me Is exactly. my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not refer to me. Do not talk about me ever. Do not look at me. <laughs> um, and it's, it's the same kind of impulse that leads a lot of trans people to um, kind of ignore and like disavow their own physical appearance or like um, clothing and just try to like, blend in to be the default or not stand out in any way and not have any kind of like self-expression in the way they present um yeah so there's yeah there's a lot here where he's just talking about like getting attention and how the people who are giving him attention don't under sorry them i was saying him for several sentences the the people who are giving them attention do not understand them at all um and I mean, not to not to get all Fre- get a um, what's a second rate Freudian analysis, but there's some <laughs> gun talk on this album yep. that sounds very phallic at times. Yeah,
1: and um, they also say reproductive glands.
0: Uh huh. He's. This is where um K. Cobain starts really digging into like the body the imagery of the physical body which becomes huge in their next studio album in utero um but yeah the fan likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun and then in a different song later keiko Bain says i swear that i don't have a gun they're disavowing Uh the phallic imagery which is interesting we'll get to that obviously but yeah there's there's so many like interesting little tiny touches here like the songs are pretty. He likes all our pretty songs. Mm -hmm. But he don't know what it means. Knows not what it means. And I say, yeah. Which is a a really interesting way to end that chorus, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Buying tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is like, um, I mean, on an artist level, this is definitely like, well also on a gender level like this is like this is relatable to me like um you know in the old time music world um there is this very specific masculinization of the banjo and there's this (laughs) expectation that the best banjo playing is coming from this sort of like divine masculine almost like yeah it's like mm-hmm. how soulful is it how um non like erudite is it mm-hmm. but like how sort of down to earth and connected and authentic is it yeah and um, you know people think of authenticity but they they what they mean is a very specific idea of masculinity um, mm-hmm. because there are some incredible Old time banjo players uh, who are men um, who do not play in a way that is particularly masculine. Um, mm-hmm. And it's definitely authentic coming from them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I am one of those people, and I, I know a few more. Um, but um, yeah, having to interface with the people who release you to do what you do. Um, Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily understand what it is that you do. Um, Especially comes into sharp relief when, um, you know, like you have to form these parasocial relationships in order to like maintain your passion. And um, I always think it's interesting which, which demographics of students um, stick with me. And I get a lot of one-off, you know, boomer men, really uh, le- uh lesson uh-huh. requests you know mm-hmm. we'll do one lesson together you know and basically i mean to connect to like the kind of like gun ideas like the like um uh magic wands you know these like phallic uh although uh, <laughs>
0: magic wands specifically are like that started getting into some fam uh, well, imagery there
1: cameron hold, hold on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah these like tools (laughs) these like external from the body like these like things of power you know that we want to like wield and um people think about like banjos like men think about banjos in the same way that i think men think about guns it's like this will make me feel powerful this will make me feel real it has a very long
0: neck is the thing
1: yeah (laughs) and and to be fair like it's its origins um, aren't specifically masculine, but like it was a Vodun. It was part of a Vodun death ritual to like bring down kings and tyrants and stuff Mm -hmm. like that is its history. You know, it has all of this like religious sort of like um, spiritual weight behind it. And I think that stuff's legit, but like, I never get students who want to do that. <laughs> you know, They want, they want to feel powerful in this really like subconscious way anyway. So like, I never keep those students because, you know, I have to like tell them, you know, it's like, mm, this will technically be banjo lessons, but we're mostly going to be talking about your body. Are you okay with that? <laughs> and they usually aren't. And that's why the people who keep taking lessons from me are usually, um, women in their 30s
0: <laughs> that's so lovely yeah, yeah. I, I think
1: they're ready <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I believe it yeah I yeah there's this like I mean I guess you could call it fraternity there's this like chumminess that like dudes can like have with each other and I just imagine some like fan coming up to like Cobain after the show and be like dude that was so awesome like what kind of guitar do you play like whoa like just like doing this like buddy buddy thing and I imagine it I mean knowing how Cobain feels about like macho and like masculine rituals and stuff I imagine it really turning them off um which it always has for me too for probably unrelated reasons
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always um, unnerving when someone wants to have an exchange of power with you under inaccurate pretenses. Yeah, totally. It's like, mm, no, we're <laughs> not going to do this. Yeah, how about not? <laughs> um, this reminds me a little bit of um, some uh, black friends and acquaintances that I've that I've had who have talked about their experience at the merch table when they oh, uh, finish a show yeah. and uh why they you know often will like enlist someone else to go man the merch table or go um uh go gender the merch table to go
0: and the merch table <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah because <laughs> yeah, that because that is where you know so many microaggressions take place is the time to make you know t- time to make up for the parasocial nature of our relationship now you have to listen to me I've listened to you for the past hour and a half right yeah I listened to two sets of you mm-hmm. it's time for you to like under- like you need to hear what it meant to me and uh, maybe you won't like it <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. well we talked about two songs and this yeah. is when we usually end
0: <laughs> it is yeah
1: <laughs> so um Let's do a what quick else talk about? breeze
0: through. I come as you
1: are. Maybe we could do fucking two episodes on this album. Like maybe it's we should. So, there's there's we should so much. Like yeah, I took I took notes on everything. You know, like like this. Here are the songs that I want to talk about. We don't have time to talk about all of them. Uh-huh. The two that we've already talked about: come as you are, breed, lithium, absolutely, poly, uh huh, territorial pissings. Drain You, Lounge Act, Stay Away, On a Plane, and Something in the Way. That's just the track listing.
0: <laughs> but not Endless Nameless? <laughs> You're leaving that, that one what, oh, out in the cold? Oh, is that the, That's the I bonus track. that
1: one. No. Yeah. Um, well, that's it's, where I draw the line. It's not
0: a bonus. It's like the... um, What did what they used to call it? The Hidden Track.
1: That's what it right. is.
0: Right. But I, I consider it part of the album. So we'll have to cover that Okay,
1: too. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Okay, well, that'll um, give me a chance to listen to it. Maybe we should just talk through poly then
0: if we can get, we'll get that far less... i was gonna say lithium as a miracle. yeah
1: okay great great because we did Somewhere a lot of like background and we can just jump straight into yeah. songs last time totally us oh, do that i think it's yeah. worth it and this is a short season anyway yeah why not great okay we can fucking ben do whatever ben the of... fuck
0: we want <laughs> we're masters of our own scroll right. yeah <laughs> It was interesting trying to take the general sound sample for this song because typically what I like to do is, if I can, get like 10 to 12 seconds of the verse and then 10 to 12 seconds of the chorus. Um, And oftentimes that's complicated because they're like pre-choruses and often I have to like end up with 10 to 12 seconds of the pre-chorus and then 10 to 12 of the chorus. This one, I would argue that the chorus doesn't kick in I mean i guess that's how it's notated on the ly- on the uh, genius the memoria part is referred to as the refrain i would call that a pre-chorus probably and then the chorus is i swear i don't have a gun um, yeah yeah so i do have a, sound sample. a lot of
1: stock in like what the genius lyrics right. labels as the different yeah. sections of the song <laughs> totally
0: yeah um but here's the here's the sound sample from i don't have a gun the the chorus i would say the way the guitar just like roars at the beginning of the chorus which is like on smells like teen spirit also it's just like so exhilarating i love it
1: yeah it's good stuff Mm -hmm.
0: so what are you thinking about this song
1: well there's another like rhyme scheme moment that i think is is lovely okay uh in the first verse so uh come as you are as you were as i want you to be As a friend, as a friend, as an old enemy. That's Mm A-B-A-B. And then the second half, take your time, hurry up. Choice is yours, don't be late. Take a rest as a friend, as an old memory. Yeah. Um, So there are no rhymes. It goes like A-B-A-B. And then like uh, C D a b (laughs) i guess (laughs) technically um but it doesn't really feel like um the rhyme pays off until you get to the very end of the verse and it's not a fast verse but it's still it's still soon enough that like you can connect it back and it feels right Mm -hmm. i just think that's like a lovely little little moment in the rhyme scheme and i took a sound sample so you can actually hear uh k sing it Mm -hmm. So this is the uh, friend, Predictable Rhyme Scheme
2: section. Of A-B-A-B.
1: Blank. Oh, forgive me. I said A-B-A-B. I meant A-B-C-B. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the B's rhyme um yeah so it doesn't it doesn't rhyme until the very end so i i don't know it's just like a little detail but i think those moments of non-rhymes uh are really satisfying
0: mm-hmm. um and there's some uh really interesting stuff that case says about the the verse lyrics on this uh on this song they said the line quote, the lines in the song are really contradictory. One after another they are kind of a rebuttal to each line. It's kind of confusing, I guess. It's just about people and what they are expected to act like.
1: Yeah, friend, old enemy, take your time, but do hurry up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Choices <laughs> Choices yours. Is yours, Don't be late. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's it's funny.
1: <laughs> what do you think about the memory uh? why are they saying that?
0: Um, probably because it fits the meter better. I mean, it's just like the Latin word for memory, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I always wondered, like, is it the word "memoria" or is it some sort of prototype underbite singing where it ends in uh, at the end? Oh, uh-huh. memoria. Because <laughs> he kind of does that a little bit it's not creed levels
0: mm, you're right yeah
1: Keiko Bane walked so that uh, Scott Staff could run so
0: that creed could fly <laughs>
1: with so, arms like, wide open
0: uh, so that creed could be taken higher that's probably the, the clearer uh, creed reference <laughs> <laughs> can you take me higher yeah um, yeah um, do you want to go on to breed yeah yeah so this is a very direct um, song of rebellion against the classic American suburban lifestyle of the husband and wife and the white picket fence and the two point five kids, right? Um, two
1: more five, <laughs> two point five. Um, we love our half son. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, yeah the um the verses are like so aggressive and upset. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if it's old. I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. Don't have a mind. Get away. Get away. Get away. Away from your home. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Afraid. Ghost. Hmm. Hmm. And then the chorus even if you have, even if you need, I don't mean to stare. We don't have to breed. We could plant a house. We could build a tree. I don't even care. We could have all three. She said. She said.
1: Right it's yeah it's like so almost about like someone saying like hey i can tell that you get a little freaked out by like maybe some expectations <laughs> uh-huh
0: maybe <laughs> gender expectations I have, or and i'm like maybe giving you an
1: invitation to not
0: <laughs> yeah um, um have to live up to those. yeah the like i mean i spent a lot of my life i spent a lot of my life um Thinking I was really scared of and really uncomfortable about the idea of domesticity. Yeah. Um, and it had a lot more to do with gender than it did about living in a detached single family house, <laughs> turned out. <laughs> um Yeah, there's so many like little interesting there's I love that there's so much more to dig into in the lyrics than in with Bleach. Um because it's such an interesting rhetorical strategy to, in the in the chorus, have the first four lines, the majority of the time of the chorus, be a quote from the she character, but, but do you-
1: not reveal that it is a mm-hmm. quote from the third Precisely. person till the end. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, besides the obvious fact of. Kay Cobain is singing from the woman's point of view and the woman's voice, which, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, like, such an interesting re- rhetorical strategy in terms of just, like, songwriting and yeah, it, it helps, like, resolve some of the tension between the chorus and the, uh, the verses um, because the I is different um yeah because like get away get away get away away from your home and then the the chorus is like immediately talking about hey let's plant a house and build a tree which is a fun little like switcheroo yeah
1: um yeah (laughs) oh yeah i didn't even notice that that was lost on me that's (laughs) really good
0: it's really cute i like it
1: (laughs) i like that a lot um we don't have to breed is such a
0: we evocative don't have to phrase yeah we don't have to breed <laughs> <And>, calm down <laughs> yeah calm down we don't have to breathe. Um, yeah. and then of course like Kay gets like very fixated on breeding and pregnancy and uteral imagery uh, as mm. their career continues mm. yeah
1: um, I have a music theory corner great so yeah. this this chorus is using uh, power chords which I think we talked about last time usually a triad, a chord is usually like a triad, meaning it has three notes and they go root, third, fifth, meaning they like go through the scale and they get the first note of the scale, the third note of the scale and the fifth note of the scale. Um, and power chords, which are the kind of language of this genre of music. Are usually root fifth or root fifth and octave so no third and it makes it sound ambiguous as to whether it's major or whether it's minor but there's this really neat thing that happens in the chorus where the chord progression is really dissonant and it <laughs> goes in some interesting places it goes D A C B but it's in the key of F sharp <laughs> so those are Really interesting chord choices. Um, But Kay sings for three of those chords, the third of the chord. So we've talked about this in some other bands in the past. I think Dixie Chicks is the last time we talked about this, where it's where you play a chord on your instrument and then you make an extension to the chord with the voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I really like when that happens and in this case it's the chords are ambiguous as to whether they're major or minor and then the voice melody tells you whether it's major or minor. It's splitting up the responsibilities of the root and the fifth goes to the instrument but the color of the chord is the responsibility of the voice so I'm going to go over to that piano again and again I don't have a Bluetooth so I won't be able to hear you Uh I'm sure you're going to say some lovely things
0: (laughs) I'm going to say something
1: really
0: off color
1: just really awful (laughs) I can't wait to listen back Uh, (laughs) here I go
0: Cameron's so great I just love them so much and Cameron I can't wait for you to hear me say that so that's that's the progression and the
1: song is in F sharp. D A C B It's almost like medieval sounding like, with all these Yeah. Songs. Huh. Uh but medieval it's like, sound? Oh, what are the lyrics again? Let me them music. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could hear you. I don't know if you're helping me out. It's um uh, I don't mean even to if stare. You have, even if you need, Hi. I don't need to stare. We don't have to breathe. Okay. Um, even if you have, I don't need so here's, the, here's the guitar by itself. Uh, and here's the guitar with the voice. So she fills that out. Even if that note, you have, that one stays a power chord. Even if you need. So I just think compositionally that's pretty interesting um, because the uh, major minor quality of the chord is not being stated by the instruments, but it is often implied. I was talking about this earlier with like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like Uh I kind of hear those chords as major chords. I'll I'll go back over to the piano real quick to to show you. Um, So like again, here's Smells Like Teen Spirit. (laughs) So like if I had to add some uh, major or minor qualities to it, I would add major and it would sound like this. (laughs) That seems closer to the truth to me than this. Or some combination. Um, so, like. I really like the um, ambiguity of the harmony. Um, in. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always just sort of dismissed power chords as being. Um, stupid. Stupid. Baby yeah. shit. And I think that Nirvana, at least, does some really interesting stuff with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and they, like, really... um, It's more lines and melodies that happen to have chords built off of them Mm -hmm. as opposed to um, chord progressions. And I love this moment in this song because the, the, the singing melody is filling in the gaps of the guitar. Mm-hmm. But the guitarist needs to sound like power chords because that is the genre that they are playing in. Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't sound right if they were playing the full triads. Mm-hmm. But the melody is like, these are the triads, though. So, I don't know. I think it's really smart. I think it sounds really good.
0: Yeah. I, I was just really struck right now when you are playing Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, chord progression with the, you're adding the thirds. I was like, Okay, I'm really hearing when Cobain talks about it's a cliched, like, Boston riff. I'm like, I really hear it when you add the the thirds. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay, I see what they mean, totally.
1: Boston, like... The
0: the band, Boston. The band,
1: Boston. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I believe that's what they said. There was a couple, like... um, They talk about
1: Bad Brains, they talk about the Pixies. I hadn't heard the Boston quotes
0: uh it's it's in that section where they're like dis where where let's see ba, 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 ba. they do say I was trying to write the ultimate pop song um and then Cobain said the riff was cliched similar to a riff by Boston or the Richard Berry song Louie Louie
1: oh interesting oh my god it it's is like kind of similar Louis. It's like, it's kind of like the same rhythm. Da-da-da, mm-hmm. da-da. That part's the same.
0: Mm-hmm. It smells yeah, like Teen totally.
1: Spirit is Louie Louie. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it totally is.
0: Yeah. Which was a, a fact not lost on Eugenians because Louie Louis, Louis is, is a very uh, Eugene song. How so? Um, it was recorded by The Kingsman, which... Um, they were like in Eugene or played around Eugene or something. I don't know. There's something. There's some like local connection to Louie Louie with Eugene that I can't quite remember.
1: Um, know. all I'm finding are like sort of like I don't know alt right manosphere uh, comic book movie <laughs> things. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. The Kingsmen are a 1960s rock band from Portland, Oregon
0: everyone from eugene gets credited as being from portland oregon <laughs> they just though. say there, yeah <laughs> yeah it,
1: that's me. eugene
0: erasure i won't stand for it
1: <laughs> um should we finish up this episode talk about lithium
0: um yeah oh there was one more thing i wanted to talk about with uh breed it's so interesting the way they end the verse um I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, afraid, ghost.
1: Yeah, spooky ghosts. They're, it's a spooky ghost. Terrifying. But also, yeah.
0: <laughs> one of the major manifestations of gender dysphoria, it, this doesn't have to be caused by gender dysphoria, but is a sense of depersonalization, derealization, mm. of feeling um, unattached from your body or feeling like a robot or a ghost. Um, And it reminded me of... There was a a poem I kept trying to write that never really... I never really felt like quite worked, but I'll read the opening of it. The the first line break is very telling. Um, And I was addressing it to uh, a friend of mine, the way, like rhetorically in the poem. Hey, do you ever feel like a man-shaped machine lurching bad and hollow operated by a tiny grub-white homunculus who cannot stop screaming. Just curious. (laughs) Um, Which, in retrospect, is Uh, like, oh, that is what it means to be depersonalized, (laughs) derealized. A tiny grub-white homunculus who cannot stop screaming. Um, That's
1: great yeah um yeah why be a woman in a man's body when you can be a tiny grub white homunculus (laughs) (laughs)
0: now that's a bumper sticker (laughs) yeah oh boy um anyway so that word ghost i think is i don't know very telling to me anyhow yeah Let's move on to Lithium, and then let's be done, because that's song number five, and I need to go honk some shoes. Monday
2: morning is every day for all I care And I'm scared that my candle's in our days Because I found God yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I'm most familiar with the song from the band, the bad plus.
0: Oh Did yeah. Diki, that's Did right.
1: You could pull up their version of this. Sure. Uh, I fucking love this, this cover of lithium. Is it uh, the one
0: I on their, um, album or is it a live
1: version? No, it's a Yeah. It's the one on their album. Okay. Um, I got to see them play it. So- yes do you want me to play it or
0: do you want to finish the sentence i was just gonna say
1: i I saw them at the crystal ballroom um i took my girlfriend at the time and she was just like so bored and i was like (laughs) probably (laughs) absolutely insufferable (laughs) in the way that i was spanning out about this band
0: that's so cute i love
1: that yeah
0: (laughs) i'm so happy because today
2: okay cuz so are you we broke our mirrors Sunday morning it's every day Let's let' let to go to the chorus
1: okay. it's worth it
2: I care I'm not scared light my candles in a day cause I found God <laughs> 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 okay,
0: I play here. that's like a whole minute we listen to so it's probably well past oh fair god. use but we're going to comment on it and say wow that's pretty bonkers huh
1: yeah i like instead of going yeah yeah yeah, yeah they just do an unhinged jazz piano so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah totally
0: unhinged yeah oh
1: my god Anyway, Um, so... This song's interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I didn't, there's like quotes about this being actually about religion. Or the experience of someone turning to religion.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, I don't know. Cobain
1: says, I've always felt that some people should have religion in their lives. That's fine. If it's going to save someone, it's okay. And the person in lithium needed it. And then they said later, oh, sure, religion is a fine sedative for the masses. It's not necessarily about religion. It's about depression and turning to religion as a last resort. It's all just a way to keep your mind off dying, right? Or buffer yourself against reality. Most people don't deal with reality. It's just so two worthless. sentences
0: might have been like an interjection. At least on The Genius, they're like in brackets and credited to like editor, I think
1: oh no interesting you're absolutely right um, okay so yeah Cobain says most people don't deal with reality it's just so worthless people think of life as being so sacred like it's their only chance and they have to do something with their life and make an impact on everyone because the threat of dying is just so vital and as far as, far as I'm concerned it's just a little pit stop for the afterlife it's just a little test to see how you can handle reality jesus
0: christ there's yeah so much there that could be unpacked mm. yeah
1: i just thought it was really interesting that he's like no like this is a song about me having compassion on like yes maybe religion is a set it you know an opiate for the masses if you will um but also i do opiates <laughs> yeah and that's relatable to me <laughs>
0: um there's this harm reduction
1: model Mm -hmm. of religion
0: right yeah totally um so let's see that i mean these are maybe the most like purposefully meaningful lyrics we've seen from nirvana so far um they're like actually seem to be constructed to make a point or like have a um agenda or something i mean that's a loaded word but I'm so happy because today I found my friends. They're in my head. I'm so ugly. That's okay because so are you. Broke our mirrors. Sunday morning is every day for all I care. And I'm not scared. Light my candles in a daze because I found God. Um, and they're very purposefully using imagery and um, artifacts from like mental health. And yeah. um, the song, I mean, lithium I don't think that I don't think that word appears in the lyrics, does it? No, it doesn't. But that's like famously used as a drug for people with bipolar disorder or other um like mental health issues. Um and I think there's some indication that Cobain might have had or been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. They might have taken lithium at some points. Um mm-hmm word on the street that I've heard is that lithium like really calms you down a lot, but also like makes you kind of feel nothing. And you're kind of like floating through life with like nothing really having much impact on you. I don't know if that's like actually how it works or if that's just like the popular wrong image or what. Right. Um. So there's definitely mental health and religion and drugs Um medication all mixed up in here um there's that def- you could definitely make a case for like trans readings of a lot of this stuff i'm so ugly that's okay because so are you broke our mirrors um and then in verse two i'm so lonely that's okay i shaved my head and i'm not sad like that is mm. that sounds like a trans person in denial or in the bargaining phase or something yeah you know Um, Hmm. and just maybe I'm to blame for all I've hurt, but I'm not sure is such an interesting line.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yep. mm -hmm. It's right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then the bridge. I like it. I'm not going to crack. I miss you. I'm not going to crack. I love you. I'm not going to crack. I killed you. I'm not going to crack. Yeah. I mean, There's You could really do a lot of interpretation on those lines. I like it maybe meaning like life or something and proclaiming like that mental health is not going to break them. Mm. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think I really believe that the song is about a man who turns to religion after the death of his girlfriend, quote, as a last resort to keep himself alive, which is
1: right Apparently out of yeah.
0: wikipedia is what
1: yeah i don't know about that but um i i was mostly trying to read his actual quotes mm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah totally um yeah because i can't even find the the part on wikipedia where that supposedly is quoted from
1: sounds like a second-rate freudian <laughs> evaluation to me
0: hmm. totally <laughs> yeah um it's also, really interesting that the chorus is just "yeah," just the word "yeah," yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the affirmative. The affirmative, yeah. The um, oh god, there's some like philosophical or artistic thing that's Interpretations related to that of the chorus. No, no, just no, just like the the affirmative. The I'm trying to like think. There's like a, a famous phrase or something, sort of like the barbaric yap. But for like affirmation or yes saying oh, yes no. or something. Maybe I'm just thinking of yes man with Jim Carrey. The civilized uh, yeah. <laughs> the civilized, yeah. I'm large, I contain multitudes of yes.
1: <laughs> I'm small, I am generally agreeable.
0: <laughs> well, to quote Kay Cobain,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're we gonna stop there?
1: Yeah, and let's then, stop there. Let's do it fucking part two for Nevermind. I two. think that's a great decision. Yeah, I fully like that and support it. I'm gonna take my time.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it means less prep work for next week.
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to listen to it again.
0: Yeah. And you have to listen to Endless Nameless. So, yes. Um,. In the meantime, until next week, where we come back with Nevermind Part 2, uh, um, <laughs> to never Reminder. <to> <laughs> um
1: 2 never two Never-er-to-minds.
0: You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Write us a review on iTunes. Share the show. Um, spread the word. Um, You can also interact with us on the Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Um, You can talk directly at us and hang out with other people who listen to the show and do like memes and stuff at each other, which is fun. Um, If you want to support us even more directly than all of that stuff, you can go to our Patreon support.boxset.website, kick us a few bucks, you'll get access to all of our bonus materials, which include a weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly, Um, it's a weekly mini show like Culture Club where Cameron and I just talk about stuff we're into or we like or dislike or whatever. That's just on our minds. Um, uh, This week, I talked about a couple different movies, mainly Only Lovers Left Alive, which I think Cameron has talked about in a much previous episode, I think.
1: Maybe, yeah. yeah. And And then uh, I talked about uh, the new... TV show A League of Their Own. Yeah. And uh, did my best to uh, balance on a tightrope uh, <laughs> talking about <laughs> uh, gender identity politics.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they mean literally. They had this whole like setup and like a trapeze in their living room. It was a joy to watch. <laughs> it's
1: really too don, don, bad don't we don't record any the video. Don't cancel. Don't <laughs> cancel.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing you should do while I'm telling you what to do is you should listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called get up in the cool and Cameron interviews and plays music with all kinds of fun people. It's mostly traditional acoustic music, and it's great. Yeah. Just uh,
1: it posted my episode with Josie Tony, who, you know, I,
0: a I good
1: have episode.
0: I think I've met her.
1: You have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she Once. she played a show in in Boston right before your wedding, uh, and opened uh, for Jake and I. Yeah, yeah
0: that's right. Yeah. yeah, 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 that was really it was really nice. What a great show! Um, I also want to shout out—we um, got a new supporter on Patreon.
1: <gasps> wow, it doesn't happen uh, every day. Wish no, it, it did, but it doesn't.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Chris S. I forgot what our policy is on reading people's full names and oh, whether we assume, um, whether we assume it's okay to read the full thing or if we're just do first names or what, oh. but
1: yes. What kind of Chris with a C or a K? A K, a Chris K. Like, interesting. Like,
0: a, a, a like sort of a Nova Selic, uh, sort of like vibe to it, but not fully, you know, cause it doesn't have the, the T at the end. It's not a Christ. Which is yeah. By the way, such an interesting name. It's like it feels like the the um, Eastern European version of Christ, right? <laughs> Christ. What's,
1: what's the so uh, What's the the letter for the last name?
0: S. S oh, as I in wonder if snakes. it's
1: snakes. I wonder if it's our di- our our dear friend who um, does uh, earful of fiddle camp, oh, who is probably oh joined on or joined on again, yeah one of those okay, rare people great. who listen to both of my podcasts
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um i think it is just is it is it
1: a, a place where you keep a horse and then uh, a, a model of car crossing the water yeah very or bad. good <laughs> yeah <laughs> very good yes. okay Thank hey you, thanks chris. so much chris yeah that rocks <laughs> you rock our socks and yeah. our world yeah
0: anyhow cool. we'll be back with more never mind next week and until that time i've been Maddie hunt and someday i'll be able to sing along with the lines i swear i don't have a gun i just need to get bottom surgery first
1: (laughs) and i have been cameron dewitt and i am small and i'm generally agreeable should i'm looking the wrong way i should put this up here
0: do you have something in the way
1: yeah there's something in the way (laughs) (laughs) all my dang windows
0: (laughs) that's what kay was talking about this whole time she just didn't have very good window
1: management windows (laughs) open too many tabs (laughs) Batman. Remember when there's a 3-hour Batman movie recently and oh the whole God. time it's that yeah, song?
0: that's right. I forgot that that they played that song yeah. the entire length of the movie.